all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is a loner sold from me, and I'm going to be sharing five tips to help you prepare your print book for production with Ingram Spark. And I must apologize if I sound a bit nasally. I woke up this morning and I had a bit of a head cold and was a bit choked, so such as life, the show must go on, and uh, you know, I hope you find it useful. Also, I'm recording this at night, usually it's uh, daytime and no one's home, but if you hear any additional sounds, it's my family moving around, although I've told them to be quiet. <laughs> it just is what it is sometimes. So in my author adventure this week, what a week it's been. But first, before I get into what I've been doing, I just wanted to touch upon a recent win and news from the Australian Society of Authors. Don't worry, I'm not going to be making a regular weekly news segment or anything like that from now on. But as I shared podcast episodes on public lending rights and educational lending rights, which was episode 18 of the podcast, way back in the beginning. And I also done a digital lending rights episode, which was episode 44. And this news is truly massive for Australian authors. So the Australian government has granted digital lending right payments. We don't know what this looks like right now. It's all, I think it's all going to start happening in July this year, but we will be compensated for any digital copies of our books. So ebooks and audiobooks on loan and libraries and, you know, educational bodies will be paid a royalty like what is currently offered for print books. I'll link all articles in the show notes. First up is this article by Linda Morris from the Sunday Morning Herald, dated the 27th of January 2023. Parts of it says, I've just taken a couple of snippets, uh, it's not the full article or anything like that. Authors, illustrators and editors will be compensated for ebook and audiobook library borrowings for the first time ever in a move by the federal government to bring lenders' rights into the 21st century. At 12.9 million expansion of the annual lending rights schemes over four years will be announced at Monday's launch of the Albanese government's national cultural policy. ASA Chair Sophie Cunningham said the commitment to digital lending rights could add hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to an author's income, depending on the author and the genre. Audio and ebooks can be worth between 10 and 20% of author sales. It makes a huge difference to some kids' books, genre books, and some books really take off on audio and some don't, Cunningham said, adding, 
Legislation often takes a while to catch up with technology. Federal Arts Minister Tony Burke said the nation's laws needed to be brought up to date with current technology to ensure Australian artists were being properly compensated. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And there's also an article on the ASA website which applauds key wins for writers in national cultural policy. Again, links in the show notes. And this is from the 30th of January. But the snippet says, The Australian Society of Authors, ASA, applauds the creation of Writers Australia together with a substantial increase in investment in literature and the introduction of digital lending rights announced today in the new national cultural policy by Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Arts Minister Tony Burke. So this is obviously the you know, the meeting that they had prior to the first article. Olivia Lanchester, CEO of the ASA, says, I am delighted that the National Cultural Policy recognises the fundamental importance of our writers and illustrators with actions that will make a material difference to their professional lives. The government has restored funding cuts to the Australia Council and expanded its functions to establish Creative Australia. Four new bodies will comprise Creative Australia, including Writers Australia, which will be in operation from 2025 and responsible for research, advocacy and investment for the literature sector. Writers Australia will have an allocated budget of 19.3 million and given that literature received 5.1 million through Australian Council in 2021 to 2022, this significant increase in investment is welcome news for the sector. Today is a great day for authors with a sense of optimism and excitement and reinvigoration for the arts. The sustainability of writing and illustrating careers in Australia has been under threat for some years and it's gratifying to see authors recognised as fundamentally important in cultural policy. They have always been at the heart of our national culture but haven't featured in government policy for a very long time. So lots of positive news there for author appreciation being shown by our government. Hopefully this paves the way for more countries to follow suit and acknowledge our worth and digital compensation worldwide for our books. So in my author adventure this past week, I ordered bulk of my book, Freelance Writing Quick Tips for Fast Success, which should be arriving mid to late February, fingers crossed. This is so I have copies on hand for workshop attendees to purchase and also for me to sell direct once I get that up and running. I've also got an in-person workshop, which will be a paid event for this title coming in March, but I'll share the details to this soon because I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to go ahead with it yet or not. And uh, yeah, I just hope these books get here safely. I've not ordered a big load like this for a very long time and probably this is double what I have ordered in the past. So yeah, fittingly enough for this episode, I have also uploaded my author fears and how to overcome them, the print book to Ingram Spark. The audio and ebook have been available for a while, but somehow I seem to have set the purchase date to this Monday, the 6th of Feb, for the print book. So not sure if that means when people can buy it or not, whether they can't buy it till Monday. I don't know what I did that for, but <laughs> I think it was to do with reviewing a copy. I've also continued with the odd submission for my children's fiction this week and progressed in the top secret project, which in case you missed it, you can hear all about this and other musings from me about hybrid authorship that I don't share on the podcast or anywhere else and this is quite personal stuff really. So if you're keen to know more about that head on over to hybridauthor.com.au to sign up for your free author pass then you'll consecutively receive a fortnightly newsletter from me as well as receiving the author pass uh, pdf which shares what I've learned about traditional and self-publishing over the last 10 years. So I'm thrilled to announce I have a second sponsor coming on board for the Hybrid Author Podcast, and that is the team from Plotter. 
If you caught episode 57 of the podcast or missed it, you can go back and listen to my interview with Plotter's Education Lead, Troy Lambert, where we chat about what Plotter is and how it benefits author practice and process, how Plotter functions differently from other writing software out there, such as Scrivener, and Troy shares his tips for authors getting started using Plotter as part of their writing practice. I've recently purchased Plotter for my top secret project, which I can share is in the women's fiction genre. I have and am using Plotter to kickstart my writing process by majorly plotting in the beginning. In the past, I haven't plotted up front. I usually have an idea and write my way into it. But this meant stopping the work to plot and research and build more character development, personality traits to match where the story is heading halfway through, which often led to losing momentum or becoming stuck. However, over the years, I've fine-tuned my process to be quicker by creating more at the beginning of a project before sitting down to actually do the writing. This is where Plotter is upscaling my intent. So far, I've found Plotter is straightforward and simple to use software, comes with plenty video tutorials, team guidance and step-by-step processes, so you're not left floundering around in the, the dark, you know, wondering how it functions or how you can use it effectively. I find it really straightforward, and I really, really love the many templates that it has in Plotter, which outline various story arcs that, you know, use the best one suited to you. So this is where I have made a start with my story. I've selected one of their starter templates, the 24-chapter novel outline and followed their prompts and guidance to build my story act by act as well as some character cards and doing their backstory. Plotter is part of my process and I can't wait to play around with it more. So here we go folks, five tips to prepare your print book for production with Ingram Spark. Tip number one, research print sizes. You might be saying well duh, but you also might be new to independently publishing print books and are just super excited to get your product underway that you don't research as much as you should and you just go all in, you know. I would say maths isn't my forte, so when it came to the size of my print book, I really should have done more research. No word of a lie, I have about six to eight different versions of my print book, freelance writing quick tips for fast success lying around my office. You might have seen them on social media sometimes. Uh, Granted, they are not all because of the print size being incorrect, but at least three of them are. So I received my first print version of Freelance back in May 2020. It was the biggest size of the bunch, less than A4 size, more more than a standard size notebook though. And I'll be sharing social media posts of my print adventure throughout this week. So you'll be able to visually see what I'm talking about here. This certainly wasn't a bad print copy and the formatting, which is nothing to do with Ingram, but that was on me, had a few blank pages and lots of white space, which I've always been told, you know, don't be scared of white space. But there there just wasn't enough content because this book is like a little novella, although it's non-fiction, that's why I call it short non-fiction for authors, because it's actually only around like 7,000 words mark. It's quick tips, it can be read fast in one hour, that's its draw. So this print size was too big for shorter content. You know, the, the content was getting lost on the page because it was too big, but and it, and it was very slim as well. But had I gone for a smaller print size of the book, then the content would have beefed up a bit and would appear more, you know, if you see what I'm saying. So that's what I did. I brought it down to A5 size because the books in my author lining series are aimed at writing students and aspiring and emerging authors. So they focus on the physical and emotional aspects which make up a successful author career. So ideally the print books, they need to be small enough to fit into a medium sized handbag to be carried around and consulted. 
sort of on the go, not say to be like large print uh, for comfortable reading for people who read in bed, that sort of thing. I find print size needs to work with the right amount of word count and also come in the shape of your target market. So the question you should ask yourself here is, who is going to read your book? Who is the intended target audience? You know, think of the age, the demographic, and how that person may consume their print content, you know, at their leisure or on their go. And most importantly, to research print sizes. And you can do this by going to your local bookstore or library and just browse your genre. You know, pick up the books in the same genre that you're writing in. Feel them, you know, the the print size may be listed in the front or back page matter. You know, admire the sizes, feel the, their shape and write down any titles you can look up the size, you know, you can't see. The, if they don't have the size on the inside of the back matter, you can look it up on the internet later if you take a picture of it or something. If you quite like that, you could model it off that. You've also got to think about where it sits on the shelf if your book's going to be seen. You can find, usually you can find print sizes on publisher websites as well, but a little research into this really goes a long way. I did do some, but I think I should have did more for sure. Print product tip two. Images in your book are recommended to be 300 ppi resolution and appear as CYMK colours. Black and white images also need to be made grayscale, but you know, what, what do these terms actually mean? PPI stands for pixels per inch, and although it relates to the on-screen resolution seen on a digital image, which effectively is what our images are when we upload to, you know, these online publishing platforms such as Ingram, but it refers to the final printed image. So obviously we upload our files as digital files and then they're printed onto paper as print images. So it's, yeah, that's what, what comes out. And grayscale images is just images that are made up of uh, only shades of grey. So if you upload your interior files, so your manuscript with images in there which do not meet 300 ppi, then it will flag as an error before you get to pre-approve the files and make payment for them to be processed. If you choose to ignore these warnings and go ahead with your print book, which I did <laughs> in the beginning, the vibrant quality of your images may not be what you were expecting. You may not be familiar with all this terminolo terminology used. You know, I wasn't either in the beginning. As I'm not a formatter or a graphic designer or illustrator, these are the professions which are in touch with these terms. These issues, they can actually be fixed really easily with design software. But as writers, we might not own Adobe Creative Suite with uh, Photoshop and be able to just easily do this. However, if you do know anyone of, in these professions, you could ask them, you know, ask a friend, yeah, but will fix up a couple of images for me. It really shouldn't take long, click of the button there. Uh, but you can also, there's also free online software you can use to grayscale images or make 300 PPI. Just do a Google search and see if you can find any. So my books are non-fiction, they're not, you know, they're not picture books or anything like that. And I have about four to five images in freelance writing quick tips for fast success, which make up the images are, you know, I've got an author headshot in there, I've got my logo, I've got the book cover for the next in series at the back of the book, and just a couple of other images to match the text inside, say two or three. So in about all of them, with the copies I have, the images are faded and they're not great quality. And this was mainly because I didn't have the images made right, but then even when I did eventually, the images still came to me showing faded. Which brings me to my next tip. Tip three, print your book in colour, even if you intend to have your images appear as black and white. So after fixing all the issues with my images, you know, bring them up to what they needed to be, 
I went back and forth with Ingram Spark support team because although I'd made my images grayscale and 300 ppi, they still were faded on the second last copy I ordered before sale. So Ingram advised that I might be best putting the product through as a colour file, which I was just horrified because it meant re-uploading the book as an entirely new product as the ISBN for the black and white print book that I've been working on for, you know, since 2020. That effectively is its own product, you know, the ISBN is linked to that product, so you can't just upload a, a colour version, apparently. <laughs> it's not the same, it's something completely different. So I went through the process again, paid again, as if I was submitting a new work by selecting the colour options this time. And finally, when I received this product, the images had amazingly lifted and they were way better quality. And my images are black and white, they're not colour. But I put it through as a colour product, but even the, the, the difference is massive. And even the um, book feels different. I don't know if the, the paper, the paper's probably thicker. Because what they, what they told me effectively was colour, I, I don't know if, it, if it's the, the ink is thinner or something with the black, and then the colour is thicker. It doesn't spread as, well, I, I have no idea. But uh, what that did work, so I definitely will be uploading all my even black and white books if they've got images black and white still as a color product because it does come out better to having to re-upload my interior files a few times in the print product process was costly so my next tip is tip four source Ingram spark special promo codes for uploading your files to save on paying so right now on their website Ingram spark have a special code for valentine's day well, not Valentine's Day, but obviously uh, love being February. They're offering, I think it's like 50% off some, some things. You can, But you can also have codes which offer one free product upload or 5% off orders over 100 books. If you just have a look at their website and see if they've got any codes going or their newsletter often sends codes. Or you can simply go online through other bodies, companies, or yeah, they, they might offer a promotional deal on their behalf. Because unlike Amazon, where there's no fee for uploading your titles onto their platform, Ingram does charge $49 for print book uploads, uh, as well as ebook and ebook and print together. So my final tip is number five, allow turnaround timeframes for mishaps, postage and support team contact and resolution. So everyone's print product adventure will be different from one another. You might be a pro from the go or be like me, take a few years to master it or at least get it right. Things to consider if you're drawing up a schedule of works or a publishing schedule is to allow for possible mishaps. So the second print copy I received, it was squint <laughs> and so that wasn't on me that was on Ingram and it wasn't not so badly but it was noticeable you know the cover was a little squint the inside matter was a bit squint and I had to contact support and follow up with images of the squint product for them to decide if it was on them if it was actually squint and then wait on another proof coming out and approve that and all that stuff sort of sets you back you know and even the support team and resolution of your issue whatever you're having it usually takes about one to two days to respond to a query or a question so you used to be able to talk to a team member on the phone back in 2020 but now it's all done via email most likely because they probably get inundated with uh, phone calls i know i prefer to pick up the phone than send an email so <laughs> Also, after you upload your files, you'll receive a digital proof copy to review, 
I also had a few issues with a couple of these proofs with the titles not being aligned and it did the issue just not getting you know they try and fix work they work hard to rectify your issues as quickly as possible well that's been my experience anyway so you just have to be patient if errors do arise and just keep going so printing can take about eight business days and posting can take you know longer depending on the level that you choose economy i think it's about the same eight to ten business days so it's not counting the weekend or premium I think that's less, probably about three to five. So I've ordered roughly around 200 copies of my freelance books and the postage that they wanted, and I'm in Perth, Western Australia, I think they're across in Victoria or Sydney or Brisbane, one of those. And it was like almost half the price of the books um, to track them and all the rest. So it was just far too much. It was like really expensive. So I've ticked it to come economy and just a normal printing run. And uh, so fingers crossed, it's just because it's a lot. I'm, I'm just nervous about it, but we'll see. I think uh, this is where in investigating in a local printer, printing company to where you reside is uh, there's benefits in that. So you can avoid obviously postage. If there's any issues, you can go straight in. Our friend and avid listener, Christy Nita Brown, if you're out there, she uh, is the author of Looking for Lily. And that is a junior fiction book for kids and she is also in Perth and she went through a local printer and the, the quality is fantastic as well and she probably avoids all the issues I have accumulated from doing so so it's something to think about. So to round up it's been a long print product process for my two short non-fiction books freelance writing quick tips for fast success and author fears and how to overcome them which I have a print copy on its way for me to review for that one that's the first author fears book I'm pretty excited to hold that in my hand because you know that was quite seamless to upload and accept and because all the, the issues I had with the print products was obviously ironed out with the freelance book so the overall print process you know it has it could have been made shorter I think for me doing a bit more research but you know my determination is one of my strengths and that got me there in the end printing products for me is not the easiest out of all the formats that's my my not my forte but the more we do it the more experience we gain the more easier everything becomes you know like I said the second time around it was just quick upload knew what I was doing I think as I keep going it'll be like I'll be an old hat <laughs> so if you're interested in buying a print copy of either of my books or also you know audio or digital ebook format they're all online on platforms such as Amazon Booktopia Barnes and Noble Kobo and from me direct at hybridauthor.com.au slash books So there you have it folks. I hope you found my five tips helpful. If you're choosing to go down the independently published route and print through Ingram Spark, please reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have, even about this episode and, uh, you know, share my experience. And yeah, we, we need to all support each other here. So help everyone along the way. My email is joanne at hybridauthor.com.au. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, although I dub February freelance writing February, it's also the month of live. And I love Valentine's Day. So to celebrate that upcoming holiday, we have historical romance writer Natalie Norman on the podcast next time. And she's chatting to us on writing Norwegian romance. I found Natalie on Goodreads and she's written like 69 books in her native language. It's uh, it's a truly magical episode and honestly one of my favourites. So love chatting to Natalie. She's in Oslo in Norway and I hope you'll enjoy the episode. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it for me.
Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now. Thank you.